Yeah, good morning, everybody not named Kevin Skafansky. God, Kevin Skafansky. <laughs> that's the whole point of this. You know, sometimes you have to ask yourself, when do I put my best players in? And he clearly does not know. And you know when Peyton Manning doing like the, the Madden broadcast, and when he's getting pissed off at your decision making, then you may, may, maybe you should probably listen a little bit. I mean, obviously, you know, in real time, he can't listen, but maybe he could logically think, hey, Nick Chubb is my best player on the team. Maybe he should be in the game. And when he's in the game for maybe 50% of the time, when he doesn't have an injury designation or any type or any sort like that, especially during everybody's fantasy championship week, he should be in the game and he should be scoring touchdowns. And he, that did not happen. Same with Dalvin Cook, did not happen. It was it was disappointing for the the RB ones, especially when somebody like Zeke had I think eleven carries for sixteen yards. God, that's that's sad. That's embarrassing. I blame everybody except Zeke. Yeah, it's a, a tough week. Um, because you haven't announced. Yeah, the I was going to do it after that. I was going to do it after that. So. <laughs> I'll fine. let you do. I'll let you do. It. You can do it this time. No, I'll go ahead. So, okay, what, what is going on, everybody? This is Natter. Welcome to another legendary episode of Sleeper Wire. Hosted alongside the number one Australian analyst, Sheehan. How are you doing over there? I'm good, man. I'm going to change my nickname for next year from the number one Australian fantasy football analyst to Mr. Olympic because I got five rings this season. You know, if you were in the military as a pilot, you would be considered an ace pilot. Nice. That's uh, that's very exciting. Yeah, Um, there you go. Yeah, my, my, my grandfather was an airline pilot, and uh, he, he died at Pearl Harbor, but um, he managed to take out a couple of Americans with him, so oh, okay, true, 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 true. Um, that's uh, entirely untrue. Please don't switch off the podcast. Um, you were talking about your mate Kevin Stefanski off the top. You're not a big office guy, are you? No, I, I have not watched it. I've watched maybe the first two episodes, and then that's about it. I'm not going to sit here and lecture you and, and tell you it's worth watching. Certainly, the first season is, is not good. Um, I've heard but, that. Uh, subsequent ones are... But I loved the Monday Night Football gif, uh, the Monday Night Football video of um, Kevin Stefanski as Kevin from The Office uh, carrying his chili into the building and then pouring it all over him. Uh, sure, fellow Office fans will know that is one of the great scenes in the show's history. And uh, I think those dodgy animations they do really captured the shitness of the Cleveland Browns as well. How do you go from almost beating the Chiefs to just being the dumpster fire? I shouldn't call it a dumpster fire. There's definitely a lot worse. You know, you know they're not the Jaguars at this point, but uh, it, it was definitely a fall from grace for the Browns. It was a weird season. And to be honest, they've had the season I thought Buffalo might have had this year in that I was expecting regression basically across the board because everyone played out of their skin. Uh, and you're right. Nick Chubb's been their one standout player, certainly on offense. I know they've had some some decent players on defense and Jeremiah Awosu Koromoa has been a real find for them on defense. But how are you just not giving the ball to Nick Chubb to hide all the sins of a terrible quarterback and receiver group? They have a phenomenal run offensive line, phenomenal running back, and they have a phenomenal quarterback that could really give him that ball. So at that, at that point, there's three things that that offense has. You know, They have the offensive line, they got the running back, and the quarterback that knows how to properly give it to Nick Chubb, and they're not doing it. So there's something wrong going on there, whether that's coaching. Uh, Scheme-wise, sometimes just getting cute and thinking you can just dot up the defense, even though you can't dot up the defense. Something's got to change. I think I don't think that, I don't think Skavansky is a bad coach. I just think they have to really actually stick to the philosophy of run the football. I think we talked about this last week. 
NFL coaches just getting too far ahead of themselves yes. and trying to play 3D, 4D, 5D chess and just think, well, if we do this, they'll do this. this. It's To simplify it, do whatever your opposition wants you to do least. And if you're Cleveland, surely let's give the ball to Nick Chubb because he is unstoppable, has been unstoppable. Basically, his whole career has been unstoppable. Yes, they don't have that sort of the someone to spell him of the same quality of Kareem Hunt, but Deionis Johnson's good enough. They've got Demetri Felton. I, I just don't, I don't get it. And I think a lot of these NFL coaches get ahead of themselves. And like, it's one thing to be a step ahead of the opposition or say, they think we're going to zig, so we'll zag. But then this was, they think we're going to zig, so we're, um, we're going to just be shit. Mm-hmm. And this is just a couple of weeks ago from when Dalvin Cook actually actually just gashed him for over 200 yards and two touchdowns. Mm. So you would think that another run for his defense with probably a better run offensive line would at least attempt to do the same thing. And while they kind of did, I think uh, as I was checking the stats, um, Chubb's first two carries were 35 yards. And then after that, you look at the stat line and he's just not getting touches. He's not getting carries. And then I believe from the second quarter, nine minutes in, and past halftime, Nick Chubb did not enter the field. And then, of course, there was no injury designation. So um, it leads you to really scratch your head and go, okay, what's going on here? You know, it says something when that is the most puzzling disappearance of a player this weekend. Yes, but no. <laughs> no. There was definitely another puzzling disappearance this weekend um, in the form no. of Mr. Bearchest. Um, whichever one you want to call it out, it's just, you know, another NBC acronym that, uh, uh, that makes my day. I'm not going to lie. Whenever I see a Mr. Big Chest acronym go out, tweet it out and something he does, I get a little happy inside. I think it's just hilarious. I love them. I think my, uh, my two, my favorite ever one was when he moved in with Tom Brady and he became Mr. Big Guest. Yes. Uh, I, I quite liked that one. Uh, and this week was a Mr. Brady's conservatorship, which I, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I like this well. I mean, I feel bad making light of it because Antonio Brown is clearly a very unwell man. Uh, and I, I hope he gets the help he needs. Uh, but by the same time, it's like you can't not laugh at it, right? No, no, I think it's hilarious. Standing outside waiting for an Uber. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah, he needs help. Yeah, but it's, it's hilarious. He was he was an asshole before all this happened. So I don't feel nearly as bad. I just think it's hilarious. No, I, don't, I, I feel bad for him. I don't. But also it couldn't have happened to a nicer person. Um, have you seen that list of all these indiscretions? Oh yeah, that I goes around. Go for my fa- my favorites on there. Still showing up to Raiders training camp in a hot air balloon. Yes, and um, uh, was it no white women twenty twenty? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. No. That, that my my favorite one is when he tried getting his helmet exempted that he could use it, and then when the NFL <laughs> deemed it unsafe, he spray painted the correct design <laughs> on it, and then still tried to use it. <laughs> and got upset when they said, no, you can't use it. That was great as well. I great. feel like what we've learned about between that and the fake vaccina- vaccination cards, I think Antonio Brown just loves arts and crafts. I, You know, at least he has a healthy hobby. You know, yeah, uh, exactly. After the game and his Uber ride home, I believe he released an actual song. I didn't quite listen to it yet, but he released a song. You know what? Wow. I feel like I need to look it up now. We're going to look it up. Oh, his artist's name is just AB. Not MBC? Um, you know, I think that's where he messed up. You know, I'm going to go on YouTube. It's called, um, it's called Pit Not, Pit Not the Palace. That's his new song. I'm from the Pit Not the Palace. I'm kind of stylish. Lifestyle lavish. How rude. Look, look what he did. <laughs> turned off the comments. He turned off the comments. I feel like there's real Cardi B vibes there. Huh. 
like it, it does sound sort of bodak yellowish like i i don't think we were far off um my pussy full like a lake from in there it's better than it's better than Le'Veon bell sonic james you could maybe if you'd like you could maybe put like a clip or something like that a little snippet of the song or or, or just completely cut that part out and then you can just enter it here and then we can like talk about the i don't know what do you think Shane? should we actually talk about the song i mean I, i've already given the cardi b a, yeah okay appraisal. okay appraisal okay so if you hadn't listened to it I, I recommend listening to it it's it's only like a minute long minute like 30 seconds long so it's not like the worst thing in the world um it's better than the avion bell i'll give him that it's i i found it was sort of very cardi b bodak yellow um mm-hmm. you know my pussy full like a lake obviously great cardi b lyrics i, I was expecting something like that from mr big chest so maybe i'm um maybe i was a bit disappointed but definitely it was it didn't make a hell of a lot of sense I don't expect anything from him to make a lot of sense. Is this better or worse? And and independently of this show, I was doing research into um, NFL players with seeing careers. Reckon it's better than Le'Veon Bell. It's got to be better than Cole Beasley rapping, right? Yeah, it's better than Cole Beasley rapping. It's better than Le'Veon Bell. It's not better than Stevie Johnson, though. Stevie Johnson, in my opinion, is the best artist that played in the NFL. I see your Stevie Johnson and raise you Terry Bradshaw's Christmas album. Okay. Alrighty, or or and, we could do the, uh, the the Chicago Shuffle, the Bears Shuffle after they won the Super Bowl. That's a banger. Anyway, this sounds like an episode of Screen Pass, which you're all welcome to tune in as well. Yes. if you uh, you enjoy this, maybe we'll get you on the show and we can talk about NFL players' uh, musical careers. Yeah, we can definitely talk about that. I could go on that for hours. I know Deion Sanders had one. I didn't really yeah, listen he had an to album. It. Yeah, he had a whole album. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I think maybe Dick Butkus might have released an album. I was watching a film tonight with him in it. He's an actor. Uh, he was in a bunch of movies. Um, his performance in Gus, which is about a field goal kicking mule, was um, just okay. Was it Airbud? It was along the lines of Airbud to Golden Receiver. There was definitely a point where um, the rest were like, "Well, there's no rule saying that a uh, a horse can't take the field." Um. So yeah, that's imagine like a dog or a mule just like mossing you in the end zone. What would be the best animal? to uh to play on a, an american football team um so if i hand the ball off to a komodo dragon there's no chance anybody else even tries to tackle him i mean if that's your logic surely the rhinoceros a rhinoceros up there yeah an elephant uh hippo, or a, a hippo. Uh, maybe like a gorilla on the defensive line okay i see a gorilla is realistic because you can actually maybe train him to tackle yeah, the quarterback i think so i think if you said give him a banana you get ball you go for man with helmet, and then, you know, that's worked for Gronk. Yeah. So I think you could probably do it with a gorilla. Ah, that's fair. That's fair. Just put a banana right on the quarterback's chest. He'll go get it. Yeah. Anyway, we've gone down quite a path. What's on the show this week? <laughs> so <laughs> so today's show, we're going to look back at our justifiable overreactions all the way from week two to see, hey, were we right? Were we overreacting? Or were we right on the money? We're going to test our knowledge on the end of season fantasy quiz. And then, of course, ahead, the two-minute drill. So before we move on to the show, I just want to remind everybody to follow the Sleeper Wire show on Twitter or to sign up on the Patreon. And, of course, hand over a couple of those dollars to our charity podcast. And, of course, on Twitter, we are at the Sleeper Wire show. So you don't miss any articles, of course, any of the podcasts, whether it's us, screen pass that she and politely mentioned to us or of course dynasty wire so from then i'm gonna hand the floor off to you Shane. yeah so way back in week two uh this is the first time we did justifiable overreactions uh and i had grand designs going back and listening to this episode to actually say whether we agree with these or not but yeah time got away from me 
And uh, uh, so we're just going to go back to these are the things that I wrote down. The segment was a lot longer back in those days. Okay. Um, but we'll go through. Uh, and uh, the first one we had was Zeke is washed and Amari Cooper is the wide receiver to own in Dallas. So let's see. Where do we stand on that now? So let's see. I believe Zeke is RB6. He hasn't played well, but he's been productive. Yes. So if you watch it, it's not productive. It's like those PPR points that really get you, that really helped him out. Those receptions, those little small gains, touchdowns, um, you know, the in-betweens, the dirty work. He had 900 rushing yards, 10 touchdowns, uh, 46 receptions, almost 300 receiving yards, two touchdowns off the air, you know, stuff like that. And, and obviously he didn't have 17 fumbles in one season to really screw over his fantasy stat line. Um, but there's a huge disparity between him and Jonathan Taylor, who is obviously number one. I mean, Jonathan Taylor has 344 uh, fantasy points, half point PPR. Zeke is at 218. So, the, I mean, there is a huge disparity between um, one and six, but Zeke currently has six. Yeah, but uh, I don't think he's washed. I think we've seen the best of him, though. I think his yeah. best days are behind him. Yeah. And in terms of Brown being the wide receiver to own in Dallas, both he and Lamb have been disappointing this season. Uh, but even Amari Cooper, uh, he hasn't had those kind of dizzying games like we've seen in the past from him. That said, I think with Michael Gallup's injury this weekend, I think Cooper maybe gets a stay of execution. I thought he might have been on the move from Dallas. I think they bring him back. I think you're going to get him at a nice discount, uh, and he's probably got a good chance to be a good fantasy option for you next year in the mid-rounds. Yeah, I think Amari Cooper will be a fantasy target for a lot of people, and even including me, I think with Gallup gone, and if they don't necessarily bring in another wide receiver or heavily invest one in the draft process, I think Amari Cooper is going to be a probably a solid wide receiver one to every week type starter. Now, Zeke, on the other hand, I don't think he's going sixth overall next year. I think this list is going to drastically change. I think Zeke is going to be a early second round pick, just off my quick guesstimation. I was going to say Zeke, maybe two, three turn, mm -hmm. and maybe Cooper seventh eighth round something like that no cooper in the seventh eighth i think his adp was late fourth round this year yeah i think he slips that far you'll have people rising up what do you reckon maybe maybe sixth seventh then i'll probably go i'd probably give him the the safe fifth round he's been productive yeah i, th I think he slips slightly further than that we're gonna have to see what type of moves the cowboys make but i think right now sitting at where he is in this current situation i think uh michael gallup only kind of raises his potential yeah I agree. So the second one was the Jags backfield will be a timeshare between Carlos Hyde and James Robinson. It kind of was at the worst of times. Robinson was, it was, I think it was a timeshare, but it was a bad timeshare. Um, it was awkward. I don't like this. It wasn't thunder and lightning. Like where there's a good timeshare. This was like peeing and pooing in your pants. Uh, that's just the Jaguars in general. So I, <laughs> I don't think that was correct. James Robinson, other than the last few weeks where obviously it was um, Myers' last couple weeks where for some odd reason Carlos Hyde had the majority of the snaps and James Robinson kind of just sat and did nothing. Uh, it, it was most, for the most part, James Robinson's job. Yeah. So third one, friendship with Brandon Ayuk ended. Now Debo is my best friend. 100% correct. I think 100%. That was correct. Uh, Kyla Murray will be the QB one. No. Nah, he got hurt. He definitely wasn't he as hasn't productive. Been Kyler. Yeah, he hasn't been Kyler. Cooper Cup is the wide receiver to own in LA. Couldn't be more right about that one. Yeah, you were definitely right on that one. Uh, Jameis Winston could be a top 12 quarterback. Um, maybe if he was healthy the whole year. I think he would struggle to be top 12. Okay, that's fair. He played well. He played decent. I think he would have been probably better than Derek Carr. Derek Carr right now, I think he's four passing leader right now in yards. Uh, he would be up there. 
but I mean in terms of fantasy points. Okay. Let's hold on. Let me, let me um, look at quarterbacks now. Derek Carr, I, yeah, he's number twelve right no, now. I don't think he's number twelve. Uh, I didn't even look. It was I'm just sorry, sort of. Number, number I think 12, he's yeah. around that mark. Um, but Winston just wouldn't have had the um, the team around him. I think to to score that heavily. Yeah, the wide receivers in uh, New Orleans just aren't up to par without Michael Gallup or Michael um, Thomas. Sorry, Michael Thomas and. Um, Kamara being injured for some of the seasons yes, as well. Yes, correct. Yeah. Mac Jones is the real deal, but Tua sure isn't. Now, Tua played pretty well down the stretch. I don't think they played a team with a winning record during that stretch of winning games. Uh, you could, did they beat Baltimore? Yes, they beat Baltimore. Yeah, you would be right there. I'm not sold on Tua, but I'm convinced Mac Jones has a future in the NFL. Yeah, Mac Jones looks like, especially with Bill Belichick, he'll be all right. I think... Tua is going to be a system guy, but I think he, I'd like to see him be more than a system guy. I would be definitely more invested in Mac Jones if he had an actual wide receiver one. Say he had Jalen Waddle, then yep. he, he would be on a, another level than Tua. Yeah, I think um, the Patriots done a good job with sort of a bunch of twos and threes, as they always tend to do. But even if he had like a not last year's Edelman, but the Edelman of a couple of years ago, I think we would have seen uh, even better from Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Say, say Mac Jones and Tua swapped roles. Could Mac Jones perform better than Tua on the Dolphins? I think they'd be about, I think Tua would be, I think they'd be about the same. I think you might see Tua maybe run a bit more with the Patriots, but that's about it. I think Mac Jones is better still. I don't think he's mobile enough behind that offensive line. I mean, he could still hammer the ball into Waddle 10 times a game. And Gusecki. And get, and get, the, same, and get the same result. The scheme's not as good. They've done a good job of... Both players are, are like playing within their scheme. But I suppose it's whose team's going to move on from them quicker. And I feel like that's going to be Miami. Yeah, I don't, think the, I don't think New England's moving on away from Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is going to be there for a pretty long time. Yeah, I think so. At the very least, he's not going to start to feel hot until his last season. Anyway, uh, the last one we had was Atlanta will be picking in the top three again. And Ridley slash Pitts will both bust this season. Now, Atlanta actually ended up with... Oh, they've got seven wins at the moment. They're not a seven-win team, but they have won seven games. Ridley and Pitts were both busts, yes. I don't think Pitts was a bust. He had a 1,000 yards. Oh, uh, he had a, a really good level of catch. He, didn't, he scored one touchdown, yeah. which is disappointing. That's, but that's pretty a, disappointing. He was third for tight ends in receiving yards. Um, I think he was third in catches as well. He had like, basically the most catches by a rookie tight end for the last 15, 16 years, and broke uh, the tight end rookie receiving record, which had stood for 40 years. Hmm. So let's see. Let's look down the list. Right now, Mark Andrews is tight end one. Kelsey, this might be, we might be rooting some tri- uh, trivia questions by looking at this. Um, but, you know, right now, Kelsey's at number two with 206 fantasy points, half point PPR, of course. Kyle Pitts is at 140. So there is a 60 fantasy point difference between them two. George Kittle, who missed... What is it, like five games this year? He missed mm-hmm. one, two. He got hurt, let's see, in week three. Week four, sorry, week four. And missed one by week two, three games. And he posted another week of one point. And he is still higher than Kyle Pitts on the list with 159 fantasy points. Um, I think Kyle Pitts is a bust compared to where you drafted him. Agreed. I don't think it's a bust of a pick. Um, from the Falcons. But this, you and I, I think, if we had a, a dollar for every time we've had this discussion of don't pick Kyle Pitts, wait and see what you can get later. Dawson Knox might have put up a goose egg this weekend, but he's been good. Hunter Henry, 
you're able to pick up these tight ends off the waiver. Zach Ertz, um, you could have got later and spend your early draft capital on good players. And you know, if if Pitts breaks out this year and has a season that is still the tight end three, but maybe not as good as, well, let's say he's had the season he has now with three extra touchdowns or four extra touchdowns. Is that still better than picking another player around that mark and getting a, a tight end who's a slightly more of a downgrade? I don't see it. You're not going to get see me getting a, a tight end too early. Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, the, there is only one tight end, about two tight ends that I would draft early, and that's going to be Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. That's it. Yeah. I would still rather have Kelsey. Even then, I'm not sure I'd be going Kelsey. Andrews, though. What do you mean? I think Andrews is... I, I think Andrews is the tight end one off the board next year, and I don't think Kelsey's going to be a first-round pick like he was in a lot of No, so, he, he should have never been a first-round pick. Um, that was just everybody basically pulling a Stefan Diggs where you draft him at his ceiling, and I think that's what a lot of people are going to be doing with Cooper Cup, drafting the ceiling at the ceiling premium price of a draft pick. And I think now Kelsey kind of consolidated a little bit. And he's probably going to be going in the late second, early third round. I think that's very fair to pick him up at that I point. I think Cup is going to be worth drafting in his ceiling. He'll be the wide receiver one. We've talked before, there might be eight or nine running backs off the board in a lot of leagues mm-hmm. to start draft. Getting Cooper Cup in the, the back end of that first round, I think is going to be money well spent. But anyway, we'll talk about that during our uh, during our draft podcasts. But um, Speaking of draft podcasts, I think like for either next week or the week after that i was going to go listen to the draft podcast and then we're going to probably going to go over it where I, i'll put some quotes exactly what we said about specific players and i think go over whether we were right or wrong um i know for a fact that i said that i would rather have zeke than jonathan taylor um in theory <laughs> yes i was wrong but to I be think fair we were both very mean and rude to george when he was telling us how good jonathan taylor was he, he was good i mean there's no doubting it but at the time when we said that Zach, uh, Carson, I mean, sorry, Carson Wentz, he was hurt. He just got freshly hurt and injured. And then Quentin Nelson also, he was hurt. The offensive line was kind of iffy. There was a lot of question marks in Indianapolis at the time. So uh, I said you should draft the safety of Zeke rather than the risk of Jonathan Taylor at the early rounds. Um, if you drafted Jonathan Taylor, then you definitely benefited off of it. Uh, but you, you couldn't be too upset at Zeke. I mean, when he's still RB6 at, at that six mark so i mean you exactly got you got exactly what you paid for when you draft what we might need to do is look at whether the advice was right or whether the process was right Uh because sometimes the advice will be the the end result will be right but the work or the end result will be wrong but the working out will be correct Mm -hmm. which i think is the case with the zeke taylor debate that's Um, but we'll get into that that's some nice inside baseball for you all there you go coming up in the next couple of weeks all right, what, what else we got here? So was that, is that justifiable overreaction? That's it. I, um, I might cherry-pick another couple from um, early in the season for next week. I don't think we'll go through all of them, but right. uh, we'll right. take a look. But uh, I think we got a quiz. Quiz. So I dropped out of college because I don't like being tested, just like most NFL quarterbacks. No, just kidding. Um, did that make sense? <laughs> I, I mean, I get it. You get it? Yeah. No. Is it an STD joke? No, no. (laughs) No, it was not actually. (laughs) Well, maybe I didn't get it. Like an STD. Proud of Um, you. Yeah. Proud of you. All right. No, don't. We're men out here. Don't. (laughs) Right. Do you want to kick us off? You accused me of cheating with the scoring last time. Yes, I did. I still do. So... I will score you, and you can score me. That's too and much play work. along at home. All right, I will score both. Of 
But I've given you the opportunity. But I don't want to hear it. Play along at home. Tell us what you get. So, so before we go into the quiz, I want to ask you: Should this be saved for next week's episode, since that's potentially the uh, award show episode um, where we talk about league winners? No. So that's not going to be a part, ne- part, potentially part of next week's episode. What? What's that? Talk, talking about like league winning players, like who's legitimately been league winners. Uh, I think we'll talk about that next week. Okay. Uh, like league winning, league losing, but in terms of like keeping the receipts and shit like that, I think we can get that later in the month. Yeah, that's fair. Um, because that feels like a whole episode. Because then we can actually break it down and shit. That's fair. Uh, and I know that those ones will go long because every episode we do goes long. You know what else is long? <laughs> yep. School buses. War and peace. True. True. School buses. <laughs> they're kind of long too. Fire trucks. Yep. They're they're pretty long too. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the, the distance between fantasy leagues, or by the time football ends and starts, that that's pretty long too. Um. That's fair. All right. So do you want to start it off? All right. Which three players have more than 1,200 receiving yards, but as yet fewer than 100 catches? 1,200 receiving yards, but fewer than 100 catches. Um, okay. So let's see. I'm going to go Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. He has 79. Devontae has to have more than 100. You know, Tyreek Hill's... I'm thinking about Tyreek Hill. I want to say Tyreek Hill. You going to lock in Tyreek Hill? No, not yet. I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to lock in Tyreek Hill. I'm not ready to lock. <laughs> Do you want to know the, uh, how many catches the two other players have? No, no, no. No, no. That'll ruin no? it. That'll ruin it. Okay, so I'm going to go Mike Evans and Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel? Uh-huh. He's on the list. Okay. Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews. So Andrews has 99 catches, uh-huh. but a bitch ain't one. Uh, Jamar Chase has 79, and Debo 73. Close. Close, but no cigar. Hmm. So how does that count in points? Do you get two? You get two points? Two out of three. All right. That's fair. All right, so I'm going to list a couple kickers. I'm just going to get the kicker question over with. You know, a lot of people want to know. <laughs> kicker questions? I got kicker questions for you. Right now, I'm looking at the top four mm-hmm. kickers. You know, in no order, can you, I mean, no, no, no order. Can you rearrange the order so that it would be correct? Uh, it's going to be Justin Tucker, Evan McPherson. Surprisingly, as I'm looking at Yahoo right now, he's only rostered in 29% of leagues. How'd that happen? I don't know. Uh, Nick Folk and Matt Gay. Nick Folk's number one. Number two. I'm going to say Evan McPherson. Uh, okay. Then number three is going to be Matt Gay. Number four, Justin Tucker. All right. So, I mean, of course, it might vary from league to league on uh, scoring formats. But the one I'm currently ranking on, Justin Tucker is number one. Evan McPherson is number two. So you got that one right. And then Nick Folk, three. And Matt Gay, four. So, I thought you might have done that. So but I'm gonna... I, like, I did this bloody last time. We just listed them in order. But yeah. Yep, I did. I, yep. I think Folk is basically kicker one in, in just about every format. Hmm. You know, now, you know what, well, now actually, let me check could, a different be, format. So he certainly is equal first in field goals and leads the league in points. Now, I think depending on your format, you get, if it's like fractional kicker scoring or you get like bonus points over a certain amount, obviously Fault just dobs them from like 35. Hmm. I know yards. I wonder how specific leaks do yards. So, I mean, the one I'm looking at doesn't do fractional scoring, uh, but it might give extra points if it's like a 40 or 50 yard field goal. Yeah, well, yeah, I know some leagues. And do. then if PATs miss, yeah, 
I know in this one, PATs are minus two points. So if he has multiple missed PATs. Now, in this also format, Evan McPherson and Nick Foll also are tied for 145 fantasy points. I just let you have Evan McPherson at second just because, you know, I felt kind of nice. No, there. I think that's that's fair. Um, Look, I'll take my one point. Um, okay. You know, let me go on ESPN right now on another league. And you know what? Let me, let me fact check I had myself. A, uh, I had a lot of success this year with Dustin Hopkins as uh, a kicker in one of my leagues. He was very, very good. Um, so I was very, very pleased with that. I'd folk for quite a while. Two of the leagues I won with kickers, Hopkins was one, and the other one was uh, I swapped him in in for the final, which is why I can't think of it off the top of my head. Okay, let's see. In another league, oddly enough, yeah, Nick Folk is number one, Justin Tucker's two, uh, Matt Gay's three, and Daniel Carlson is four. Hmm, that's interesting. And, and that one, you would have been right with Nick Folk, which still and Matt Gay. One. I think I had him third, and Justin Tucker fourth. Yeah, I'm three. I'll tell you okay. what, I'm going to give myself two points for that one. That's fair. I'll give you that. So we're both on two. Fat Randy was the kicker I brought in for the uh, the championship game. I couldn't uh, remember. Right. Among players with at least 50 rushing attempts, who leads the league in yards per carry? Cordell Patterson. Ba-bow. Debo Samuel. Uh, I, he was next on my list, but I really wanted to. Man. 6.27. 6. Right. And... Uh, yeah, I, I knew it was Debo, but I just didn't think he had 50 carries. Well, just ahead of just ahead of him, but only 48 carries is Dontrell Hilliard, who has been he's broken some big big runs. Yeah, he's had some big ones. All right, ah, so close. <laughs> I you know I thought I thought I had Cordell. All right. So according to my statistics here in the top 10, can you name the top? We'll go four in red zone targets. Ooh. I would have been able to do this when I was still writing my column earlier in this year, but I've dropped off over the past month. Yeah. Red zone. Devontae Adams? Okay, good. Okay, yeah, he's on there. Number three. Ooh. Mark Andrews? He is not in the 10. He is number 12. So is it, I have to name four of the top 10? Yeah, four of the top 10. I'll give you three chances. Okay, three so strikes, you're out. Um, so, so that. Cooper Cup? He was, he's number one with 36 targets, actually. That's a lot. And Debo is number four. Uh, not Debo, um... Fucking what's his name was number four. Adams was number four. Devontae Adams was number Devontae three. Adams number three. Justin Jefferson. He is number seven. Yes. And, okay. And I've still got two strikes, don't I? Mike Mike Evans. Correct. No, he's number seventeen. Ooh, a bit of a bit of tension. Uh huh. Uh huh. Now I got a couple of names here that I would consider. I want to say Hunter Renfro, but I'm going to say Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson is number six. So that would be correct. Hunter Renfro is number nine as well. So either one of them would have well, been correct. There we go. Got to get four, two, four so points So let's there. see. I guess so, yeah. I feel like that one was a little bit of an easier question. I feel like you could have just listed the top like three or four wide receivers and been right. So, I mean, like Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs is two, Devontae three, Keenan Allen four, Chris Godwin five, Deontay six, Justin Jefferson seven, Tyreek Hill eight, Hunter Renfro nine, and number 10, Dawson Knox. That's only like real surprise one, I think, on there. I think Hunter Renfro and Dawson Knox are the only real surprises. I um, I remember you really going into bat for Renfro late in the year that he had a good season. Um, he's had a very good season. Yes. Yes. Hunter Renfro turned into an every week must start, in my opinion, especially in PPR formats. Yes, 100%. I tell you what, I'll give myself two points because I got four right but two wrong. Okay. I guess we could meet in the middle okay. there. So. Which wide receiver changed his name during the season? Shoot. Sure. He added like a senior to it, right? No, I'm not talking about people who've added like senior or junior or that sort of shit. Also, stop stop putting senior on your junior. You've done nothing. 
Stop naming your children after yourself. It's fine. No, he uh, he he changed his last name. Completely changed it. Uh, well, technically, he changed three of the letters, but yes, he he had, now has a legal a new legal na- last name. He changed his name at Christmas as a gift to his stepdad. No, to be honest, I have no idea. That's Deontay one. Harris changed his name to Deont- Deontay yeah. Harty, which is why he changed three of the letters R I S to T Y. Fun wordplay. Huh. Deontay mm. Hardy. Interesting. We didn't ever guess that. I, I looked into it because I was looking through one of my diaries. I go, who the fuck is D. Hardy? Who's he? Was I drunk when I picked this guy up? No, it's Deontay Harris. Huh. Mm. Interesting. Good to know. Maybe if he was good, I'd care more, but I don't. All right. So let's talk about running backs. Let's talk about the most important thing about a running back. Touchdowns. More importantly, red zone work. And right now, I'm looking at A.J. Dillon and Joe Mixon. On the list of rushing attempts in the red zone, are they, yes or no, higher than James Conner on that list? I'm going to say Conner is higher than both, despite the fact he's missed a bunch of games. He was unstoppable earlier in the year at the top of that list. Yes, if, if James Conner was in the red zone, chances are he's yep. scoring. I lied. I lied, actually. No, no. He has, he is probably the highest rushes to touchdown I was ratio say, early in the season he was like 90 percent. if he got it inside the 10 it was he yes. was scoring yes so right now he, he he has had 38 rushes in the red zone for 13 touchdowns wow the next closest is joe mixon with 40 rushes 13 touchdowns actually um joe mixon has a has more rushes so unfortunately you are <laughs> wrong um uh, uh but james Conner has a better percentage of rushes to touchdown yeah Actually, so is A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon has 38 rushes, but only three touchdowns. James Conner has, uh, sorry, A.J. Dillon has 39 rushes for three touchdowns, which is a pretty horrendous percentage, if you think about it, uh, while James Conner has 38 rushes for 13 Connor touchdowns. Conner was one of our wins as well that I'm sure we'll get to, because last year they were just giving the ball yes. to Drake and he couldn't do anything. Conner was bigger, they'd up their center. That was like predictable fantasy value, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. So, I mean, uh, James Conner and Joe Mixon, they led in... Uh, percentage of touchdown to rushes ratio other than that uh, you know people like miles gaskin had 26 rushes with zero touchdowns in the red zone miles sanders had 22 with zero tevin coleman on the jets 13 with zero touchdowns so there's people that have been incredibly ineffective in the red zone while still getting red zone attempts and i think that's important to take note of especially for next year when you want to like, b- debate between a player of you know like miles gaskin Sanders between people around that draft P uh, the, the draft ADP you have to realize they're probably not punching that ball into the end zone so their touchdown potential is a lot less meaning the chances of them being an actual fantasy productive running back is uh, non-existent absolutely absolutely now we'll stay in the running backs here Derek Henry okay. leads all players with 117.1 rushing yards per game this season Jonathan Taylor is number two Dalvin Cook is number four who are numbers Three and five in rushing, rushing yards per game. Oh, God. Um, who is number two? So Sorry. Henry and Jonathan Taylor are one and two. Dalvin Cook is number four. Okay. Rushing yards per game. Uh, Joe Mixon, I would go for number three. Do you want to have a guess at the other one as well? Number five. Elijah Mitchell. Number five is Elijah Mitchell. Number okay. three is Nick Chubb. Oh. Good, good get with Elijah Mitchell. I thought that was the, that was the toughie. So uh, I know, I think for, I think he has the most hundred yard games. I think, I, I think I saw that statistic. He has the most hundred yard games and I know he's missed about six games this season. So I figured, okay, hold on. Theoretically that might be 75 yards per game. Huh, mm. Interesting. 
Oddly enough, Austin Eckler, when it comes to rushing yards, as I look down my statistics, only has 874 rushing yards this season. I mean, granted, he has 600 receiving yards, so in total-wise, he's at 1,400, but um, it's very interesting that his rushing yards are kind of low. Yeah. So how do I get points for that one? I'll Is give that you one point? point for that one. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, I'm going to move on to tight ends, tight ends real fast. I would like to know, is Framerth the tight end of the year? Just in general? Yeah. For, let's talk about like waiver pickups. When, when we discussed how we should pick up tight ends later, is he the ideal tight end that we want to pick up on the waivers? Especially the way he's kind of ended I feel the year. Like- I know he had one game of COVID and they had a disappointing one, but for the most part, he has been reliable. Um, I would, we, we'll get into this next week. There's a little tease. We're going to do an awards show of who our picks for each position okay. of the year. For me, it's Dawson Knox. He was another waiver wire guy who I think yeah, has scored true. pretty yes. heavily. As much as I like Pat Frymuth, I think Knox has probably got him covered. I think you could say uh, Hunter Henry has had a pretty good year as well. Um, he certainly had a stretch there. He was scoring quite heavily. It just shows that the position is volatile. I think you could even make a case for Zach Ertz, who's been awesome since he went to uh, the Cardinals. Yeah, that is true. But the problem is Zach Ertz, you probably didn't pick him up on waivers. Uh, I got him in a tight end premium league with like my last pick. Yeah. Really? That's nice. That's always nice. Steals like that always kind of make the fantasy year something you look back on and say, you know what, that was a smart decision. And I'm sure everybody has those. And you have those equally as much as the stupid decisions you make during the draft process, and especially the, the, the add and drop process Absolutely. of uh, waivers. So for tight ends, I'm looking at right now Daniel Schultz with six receiving Dalton touchdowns. Schultz? Ka- Dalton Schultz, is it? Did I say it right? Dalton Schultz, six receiving touchdowns. Rob Gronkowski, six receiving touchdowns. There is one more tight end with six receiving touchdowns. Can you name that one? Ooh, I've got an inkling. I've got an inkling that it could be Darren Waller. Darren Waller. Oh, that's actually Finished a good one. the season early. I don't... Th- well, based on your reaction, I don't, I don't think it's Darren Waller, but I'll say Darren Waller. No, it's not, it's not Darren Waller. I didn't even think about that one. You know what? Now I need to look up how many he had. Uh, Waller. Well, Darren while Waller. you're doing that... The correct answer is George Skittle Kittle. Oh, yeah. And oddly enough, Darren Waller only had two receiving touchdowns. I knew it was... I didn't realize it was quite that dire. Yeah, not a, not a great. My other guess would have been Hawkinson. Uh, but the, in retrospect, I, I was like, well, I don't think he actually scored that, that many times. We'll stick with running backs for mine. So two, another okay. two-pointer here. Over the past month, who leads the league in rushing yards and who leads the league in rushing touchdowns? Over the last month, rushing yards. When I say last month, the last four games. Uh-huh. I feel like I have to say Joe Mixon's one of them. Is there a particular order? Uh, well, is he, is he rushing yards or is he rushing touchdowns? So hold on, is it the same? No, they're two, two different completely players. different. Two different players. Okay. So who leads the league in rushing yards and who leads their league in rushing touchdowns? I feel like Jonathan Taylor has got to be one of them. And I'm going to go rushing touchdowns. What, what I will say, Jonathan Taylor is not, Jonathan Taylor is number two. He has two rushing yards fewer than this person over the past month. Oh God. All right. This it, one's going to be difficult. It's, it's interesting that it's put it this way. It's interesting that it's these two players. Interesting that it's these two players. All right. Um, I feel like he, I feel like you, you've been trying to figure out a way to put Antonio Gibson as a question. <laughs> so I'm going to go Antonio Gibson. I very nearly had which player has fumbled the most, and that is Antonio Gibson. Which running? Ah, uh, but it's not Antonio Gibson. He's barely okay. played the past for the last month. Rushing yards. Okay, who recently picked up a running role? Um. Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle leads the league in rushing yards over the past month. Okay. 
and touchdowns. As I said, I already said Jonathan Taylor for touchdowns. It's not so Jonathan that's wrong. Taylor. But as I said, it okay. is interesting that it is these two players. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I guess, uh, I guess wrong for Jonathan Taylor yeah. then. So you, you can have one okay. for Sony Michelle. Although you did guess Joe okay. Mixon well, as well. Who was it? But I'll give you one for Sony Michelle. No, Damian Harris with okay, four touchdowns. Damian Oh, you know what? Yeah, that is true. That is true. Especially championship week. I appreciated Damian Harris for those, uh, what did he have? Like 30 yards and two touchdowns? Phenomenal. I love it. I loved every yeah. moment of it. And uh, obviously those two, um, Harris beat out Michelle in New England at the start of the season, which led to him getting traded. Uh, yeah, that's true. And then Sonny Michelle with the uh, career resurgence up in the Rams. Now Cam Akers is playing. Any interesting uh, thoughts about no Cam Akers? I no interesting thoughts about Cam Akers. Thank you. All righty. That makes sense. Now, let's talk about the most important position in football, and that is the quarterback position. Hold on. Now, I got to actually switch leagues in order to double-check my uh, quarterback statistics here because I know in the one that I was currently looking at for statistics uh, has a six-point per touchdown passing. That way, I, you know, I don't cheat you a little bit. You know, I think that's fair, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, just to make sure we're looking at the same list right now. So, Josh Allen, I'm looking at it, and he is quarterback number one. Correct. Oddly enough, Justin Herbert is quarterback number two. That's actually a surprise to me. That is a he's surprise. He's number two in um, passing yards. I did know that. And he's thrown 35 touchdowns or whatever it is. Does that include the blowdown or the, uh, the imploding game against Houston? <laughs> Jeez, that was bad. That was bad. That was real bad. Uh, All righty. So right now, as let me do, make sure I did my math right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. All righty. So Kirk Cousins is quarterback eleven right now. Can you name quarterback ten and twelve? One of them will be Ryan Tannehill, and the other one. Hmm. Hmm. I'm not gonna not gonna lock it in. Carson Wentz is coming to mind. He hasn't he hasn't thrown okay. a lot of touchdowns. He said JT. No, no. JT has definitely helped I don't think a lot. Mac Jones is high enough. Hertz will be above him. Correct on that one. Um, Tannehill and Russell Wilson. Tannehill and Russell Wilson. So Tannehill is quarterback. Let's see if Kirk Cousins is 11. That means so I'll give you Wentz is quarterback uh. 12. Uh, Derek Carr is 13. Tannehill is 14. Russell Wilson is actually... Um, Lamar Jackson is after Tannehill, and then after that is Russell wow, so Wilson. So b- before, before Kirk Cousins... Yeah, go ahead. Jimmy G. Jimmy G. I, you know what? No, I knew you might say Jimmy G, but no, he is he is too behind Russell Wilson. He is too behind. Maybe after... Oh, yeah. So say, so say Jimmy G was to play last week against mm-hmm. Houston, um, he would be probably, he would need only four points to pass Russell Wilson. And if he had a decent game, he would probably pass Lamar Jackson. So right now, Jimmy G has 214 fantasy points. Lamar Jackson has 239 fantasy points. So it'd be possible for him to jump all the way to Lamar Jackson if he were to play last week. So who was who was 10 then? Was it uh, like Dak? Dak is number nine. Kyler Murray is number 10. They were in my eyes like, oh, I reckon they might be like seven and eight or, or eight and nine or something like that. Oh, I got nothing there. It's t- it's tied up at four all. No, no, you, you got Wentz. Oh, you got Wentz, right? Wentz, right. These ones, I'm going to give you a couple. I'll give you a couple of these over the next couple of questions. So I'm going to give you a number okay. or multiple numbers, and you have to tell me what they relate to. So the two numbers are 64 and 65. Just pick 69. <laughs> well, the the answer wouldn't be 60. The, the answer isn't 69. It's 64 and 65. So okay. the clues are, 
It's a quarterback statistic that it relates to, and it relates to multiple players. And each of the and the numbers sixty four and sixty five are related to each other. Sixty four and sixty five. I'm gonna go completion percentage. Four. For sixty four. A- and completion percentage. And for sixty five. Hmm, that's a good one. What else could be sixty four? So let's see. If sixty four is completion percentage, and sixty five, that would maybe be. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's not touchdowns. Obviously it's. Nine interceptions. It's not sacks. Actually, it could be sacks. I doubt you'd do something like QB hurries <laughs> or like passes defended. No, it's a it's uh, a as I say, it's a quarterback stat. It's a quarterback stat or passes deflected. I mean, um, huh, it's a quarterback stat. Maybe QBR. Low for QBR. Yes, that's why I was thinking. Okay, hold on. What's Trevor Lawrence's? completion percentage compared to QBR and I'm like yeah that might be the same right, I will okay. say so, you're getting warm with Trevor okay. Lawrence shoot Trevor Lawrence is one of the players that these numbers refer to and 65 64 and 65 and that's probably that's probably uh, Zach Wilson then and what do you what do you think the stat is that it refers to quarterback rating yeah I think it's quarterback rating or completion percentage one of the two I'll go completion I'll percentage. give you a point for Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson okay. 64 Uh is the number of touchdowns thrown by rookie QBs this year, and 65 is the number of picks thrown by rookie QBs this year. Ooh, that's a good one. So, uh, just as as an aside, only three rookie QBs have more touchdowns than interceptions. That's probably uh, Zach. I mean, sorry, it's not Zach. That's probably Mac Jones, um, Trey Lance, and Davis Mills. That's exactly it. Thank you. Um, you. And interestingly, Uh a... It was originally 64 and 64, and then it ended up being 64 because I realized Felipe Franks had thrown a pick on his only pass in the NFL. Oh, that's an interesting one. One pass, one interception. You know, 100% completion percentage if you want yeah. to add it. So there you go. We've talked about how rookie quarterbacks have been uh, kind of bad this year. It's definitely not been the year of quarterbacks. It was the year of hope when the, all of these players got drafted, and I think that year of hope got diminished very fast. I think Lawrence has turned the ball over 30 times. I think it's 17 picks, 13 yes. fumbles. Actually, it might, have been, it might be 25. It's certainly fumbles lost. might be eight. Either way, he's not, he's not helping his team, and they need a lot of help. No, not at all. So I think in the, in the pre-draft process, when we were talking about it, I remember, I think I asked, would you rather have Trevor Lawrence or Joey Burrow? Hmm. And a lot of people would say Trevor Lawrence, but I was pretty firm on the Joey Burrow train. Yeah, well, and I, uh, you look uh, you look like a genius these last two weeks, don't you? Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Good, appreciate it. That was a great game against uh, the Chiefs and Bronco. I mean, not Bronco, the Bengals. Other than that, I mean, it's playoff football now, and because the fantasy season's over, I can finally like turn my head and actually look at the playoff scenarios and the playoff games and kind of enjoy them for what they are and uh, just do or die games, and which are always fun. Yeah, to watch. I'm sure we'll get into those in in the two minute drill. You got you got a last question for me? I got one last one for you. You talked about how you won five fantasy championships this year, and I said that is the ace pilot alert. And fun fact: in World War II. Um, Let's see. The Japanese decided to do an, another ambush attack on the United States uh, 
Navy Corps, and that resulted in the worst ambush in human history, considering I think the Japanese sent over 400 fighter planes, and I think they took down a whole zero American ships and zero planes because the apparently the US were able to uh, develop the technology in order to like a what do they call it, like a radar scan at that time and they were the only country in the world that had it so they actually knew that the Japanese were going to ambush this time around and were prepared for it so in my in my, what I was doing over the weekend you might be asking which on uh, uh which is uh on Netflix there was actually a World War II document series which was really interesting by the way I, I put it on kind of as like background noise while I was playing like Madden and like doing other stuff and i ended up turning everything off and just watching the document series it was really interesting. check it out i um i know the radar was a big deal for the um the royal air force during the battle of britain and stuff like mm-hmm. that over here and that's where they get the um the carrots help you see in the dark myth from because they uh, raf told their pilots because the, the germans didn't know that they had radar that uh told their pilots to like spread rumors that it was all the carrots they were eating that helped him see better in the dark. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, it is. It is. And then, of course, there was the the U-boat submarines that the Germans had. Um, and then, you know, the Britain was able to develop radars to be able to find them. That's always interesting. Fa- interesting. Like the, the, absolutely the, go ahead. fascinating. Mm-hmm. It was, it, it was, I actually really enjoyed the documentary. Like, like, I'm not usually like a history nerd, but it was fun the, to listen um, to. The World War II stuff over here is incredible. Because obviously London got bombed quite heavily, and they, you get real damage. Yes. And through the south of London, um, so I live in I live in North London. Through South London, you can see where buildings have been bombed, not just because you know, sort of shrapnel in the surrounding areas, but you can see the the like the roof lines of all the buildings change and stuff like that, where they've had to rebuild parts of the uh, the buildings and stuff. You walk around these areas, you're like, wow, this this city was actually it was fucking uh, fucking chaos, but. Um, no, it's, it's absolutely, mm. it's fascinating. Um, and as horrific as war is, then uh, also responsible for a lot of advances in uh, in human technology. Anyway, uh, enough about the war. Uh, I've, I've recalculated. And so the number I have for you is 531,574. <laughs> you had it a whole decimal? A whole zero? Yeah, it's 531,574. Okay. Okay. And this relates, it's it's not a stat, but it relates to a receiver. It relates to one receiver? 500,000 somehow relates to a receiver. It's probably like their paycheck or or their contract. Um, hmm. I think Cooper Cup got re-signed soon, so, uh, or got re-signed, so it's probably not him. Um, Jamar Chase is on a rookie contract. So I'd imagine you're talking about his production compared to his contract. That is what I'm talking about. It's not Jamar Chase. Oh, okay. Who are you talking about? Then? It's ke- what the Giants have paid Kenny Galladay. It's oh. $531,574 per reception. Per reception. Yep. Can I have his job? I can 34 do catches that. on the season. Oh, wow. Yeah. Per, per reception. reception. Well, we've, if, if this is the end of the quiz, we've tied at five all. Not bad. That's pretty which good. listeners will know that was the same as our uh, our tie last week for um uh-huh. for not the top ten. So either we're genius or idiots. I think maybe we just listen to each other too much. That's potentially true. But hey, if you did, you probably won a couple of championships. Yeah. I mean, so between right. us, we won six. Yes, that is correct. I, I'm still surprised. How do I get into playoffs of eight different leagues and still only 
make it to one championship. And hey, for everybody listening, I did win that one championship, boys. I brought it home. I, I put the clutch gene in. If you take a DNA test of me, you find the clutch gene in my DNA. Because you know what? When it's crunch time, I just mm. pulled through. And if you DNA tested me, you'd find all the uh, the 5G and the autism from my vaccines. <laughs> Speaking of, I probably should get the booster shot. You know what they did in, in San Francisco? I think in, in, in order to do anything, you have to have the booster shot. And uh, it's not like I don't want to get it. I'm just too lazy to go. I tested positive on the day I was going to get my booster shot, so I'm not eligible until the end of the month. Yeah. Really? So I'm still, still swimming with those COVID antibodies. So that means you don't need the booster. Is that, is that, is that what it means? I'm You're boosted. boosted. Uh, but I would recommend getting the, uh, the booster shot for anyone who's worried. Uh, my wife has been boosted, and despite living in the same house and sort of all the husbandly, wifely activities that go on, has not tested positive. Mm-hmm. I, I had a couple friends who had big gatherings for Christmas. Um, they had a big outbreak, and there was a significant difference between people that were boosted and vaccinated compared to people that weren't. Uh, so, I mean, yes... The vaccine works for sure for yeah. sure yeah at first like i was completely skeptical i i went through the whole first process when the first vaccine came out as said there's no way i get this vaccine I'm, I'm not getting it at all and then i think slowly but surely like seeing other people had results with the vaccine going and then made me go okay maybe maybe i need to take my head out of my ass yeah i um i was glad i was vaccinated i was pulling a cold beasley i uh yeah i could have been in some real trouble and the, you know friend of mine who um only had the one vaccine and heavy smoker is has had serious repercussions from it. So definitely mm-hmm. works. Any- mm-hmm. yeah, I was de- I was definitely a Cole Beasley, definitely. I, I, at one point, I, I I'm pretty sure I was a Cole Beasley. Yeah, well, uh, he showed them, didn't he? <laughs> he sure showed them. Right. Do we want to get into two minute drill? Let's get into the two minute drill. Um, do, you, do I go first? Or do you want to go first? You go first, and I go for it. So I'm going to start with the Niners at Rams. I'll leave most of this up to you, but I just want to say Cooper Cup needs 14 catches and 136 yards to break both records for receptions and receiving yards in a season. Yes, it's an extra game, but that is an incredible performance, whether he gets there or not. Um, super interested in seeing if the Jets can continue their good form from last week against the Bucks. Tom Brady still owns them, but uh, they very nearly pulled it off. If they can beat the Bills this week and the Patriots win, then the Patriots will win the AFC East, and uh, that'll obviously be exciting. Not too many fantasy-relevant games here, so I, I think Bengals at Browns could be a bit of fun to watch. Nice high scorer. Big Ben's farewell game against the Ravens. We'll see if the Steelers can finish 8-8-1 eight, eight or 9-7-1. Uh, that'll be a nice narrative to track. Eagles, uh, Cowboys at Eagles is going to be a, um, a decent game as well, I think. So uh, it's plenty, and it's a big slate Sunday too. We've got lots of early games, lots of late games. It's a good one for the DFS players. It's a good one for the punters. And it caps off with a win-and-in fixture between the Chargers and the Raiders. I would like if both of these teams made the playoffs uh, for, for a variety of reasons. I think the Chargers should be much better than they have performed this year. They certainly have the, the team on paper to perform better than this, but the Raiders have obviously had to overcome Plenty of off-field drama with um, uh, Gruden getting fired and, and Henry Ruggs and uh, and what happened with him there. So it, it's going to be either a team that should be there or a team that's work hard to be there. I'd like to see the Raiders get in. I called that they win last week for John Madden. They did. Uh, so I think they're going to upset the Chargers at home in Vegas and uh, send the Chargers back west licking their wounds. So, fun fact for the uh, Raiders and Chargers. Uh, both teams, if they win, they're in the playoffs. If they tie, they're both in the playoffs. 
Really? Who uh, who drops uh-huh. out? I don't know if it's a hundred percent. Uh, that I'm not sure. I just, you know, I was listening kind of like to the morning radio. One of them mentioned that. And I thought that was super interesting because I haven't been looking at playoff scenarios because mostly I've been looking at fantasy reasons, trying to, of course, set everybody up for the championship. Uh, but for for now now that I have a second to look at the playoff scenarios, uh, I saw one that said if the, the Raiders win, they're in. If the Chargers win, they're in. But if they both tie, they're both in. That's very interesting. So what are the chances? What are the chances that they have a mutual agreement to tie? If it wasn't a divisional game, absolutely. I would say there would be a maybe a gentleman's agreement going on uh, between the two. Or if it was they both got in at the expense of the Chiefs or the Broncos or something, I could see it happening. Uh, but, it, but in this day and age, I can't see it. Although there's that, also that quirk in the NFC that the Eagles in seventh have con- uh, confirmed their place in the playoffs and can't be knocked out, but the team in sixth haven't. Yeah, I don't like the new mathematical formulas they're using in order to justify um, strength of schedule and how they cannot be knocked out or how tiebreakers get followed through. Um, I like the old format a little bit more. Of course, you know, this is still a new format. We'll probably need a year or two for us to really get used to it. So uh, just, to, just to clarify, so I believe if the Colts lose Sunday and then the Raiders and Chargers tie, then I think they knock out the Colts and they are both in. So it's got here the Vegas are in, Vegas win or Vegas tie, and Indiana uh, and the Colts lose or uh, Indy lose and Pitt lose. Uh-huh. And yeah. the Chargers are just in with a win or a tie. Yes. So, I mean, it's it's not quite just tying in for the Raiders, but I think it's really interesting. Like, say say they're an afternoon game. Actually, they're, not, they're a Monday night game. They are a Monday, Sunday night, sorry, Sunday night game. Season, yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, in theory, if they do get to that scenario, they could both do it. They really could. I doubt it. You know, if it wasn't, like you said, if it was a divisional game, maybe there would be a higher chance of it actually happen. But I think it'd be hilarious. Like, say, say for four quarters, both teams just took turns kneeing the ball, and it was a very fast game, and they just ended as a tie. Come on, that'd be hilarious. That'd be that'd be the biggest troll the NFL's ever had. Oh, for sure, for uh-huh, sure. Uh huh. That's almost probably more troll than the Eagles putting in Nate Sudfield to knock out. I think it was what the Giants' playoff chances last year. It was something like that, wasn't it? Uh huh. That's that was troll. But this this is on a new level of troll. So the Saints a win. If the Saints win and San Francisco lose, they're in. Yes. Or if San Francisco yes. win or tie, or the Saints lose, they're in. Yes. Hmm. So, I'd like to ask you, since the Niners are winning in, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, which one do you rather see? Uh, Jimmy J. Trey Lance is. I've been unimpressed with him. He has. He lacks touch on his football. He's going to be a very good player, he, like, and I, he's going to be very good for fantasy. But right now, if you want to get the playoffs, it's Jimmy J. Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo is currently five and zero against the Los Angeles Rams. Rams. They currently have a five win streak against them. Coincidentally, uh, last time they played, I think we had the uh, the huge rushing attack the Niners had. I think they they rushed the ball over forty times. Um, so right now, uh, so Elijah Mitchell, we talked about a little bit earlier in the quiz. He becomes a fourth rookie since Zeke, Edron James, and Adrian Peterson with 100-plus uh, rushing yards at five out of his t- first 10 career games. So, um, Trey Sermon, I'm sorry, you're probably done with the <laughs> Niners? I think so. Is that a hot take? Oh, I don't think he's done, but I don't think he's got a long leash. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it will take for him to be fantasy relevant or even 
roster relevant. I don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant. For the Niners. No, it would take a lot of injuries for him to be fantasy relevant. Which, I mean, isn't too far-fetched for the Niners, but... Yeah. I think we'll... I'm sure we'll get to him over the uh, over the off-season as well, which is... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, disappointing. I, I will say... I say we've yeah, done two-minute drill, or we just roll into prognostications? This, this, this is basically like my two-minute drill right here. This is bay. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, Trey Lance is more entertaining to watch. I will give him that, but Jimmy Garoppolo is better. He, he's that much better, better at this point in time. And... You know, if you want to win, and Jimmy G could win them a game in the playoffs as well. Uh, I'm not, I don't doubt it. I mean, this is the same Jimmy Garoppolo that took the same roster on the offensive side of the football to a Super Bowl. So uh, I don't doubt his ability to win a playoff game. Um, but it, it takes the right circumstances. Like, you know, you have to play good defense. You have to have a running rushing attack working. And then he could be efficient as a pocket passer, moving the ball down the field. If one of those usually kind of derails... Um, his the chances kind of go down uh, a decent it's amount. It's an odd scenario where I think the Niners would rather be starting Trey Lance, and they needed Trey Lance to get game reps under his belt to play well this time of year. But they wouldn't be in this position if they'd started Trey Lance. Mm, I don't think no? so. No, no. I mean, they would not be in this position if you remember. Uh, against the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers moved the ball down the field to get in field goal range with 37 seconds and zero timeouts. Uh, they wouldn't be in this situation if they didn't let, uh, what was it? It was without DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, or um, half of that offense was on the COVID list. And then I think Colt McCoy put up 35 points against that defense. So, I mean, that should have been a different scenario. And then against the Titans where uh, Jimmy Garoppolo put them ahead with like a minute 30 left and then AJ Brown put up like 70 yards in one yep. drive uh, to kick the game. Field. So, I mean, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has put that team in positions to win multiple times. The defense kind of failed two out of those three times of the ones I mentioned. Yeah. And then say, say the defense did a halfway decent job doubling Devontae Adams or AJ Brown, then maybe they're not in this situation. They're kind of playing for more a, uh, for a better seat at this point. For sure. Staying in the NFC West, yeah. how happy are you okay. that the wheels have fallen off the Seahawks? Love it. Love it. Love They're every minute. They're going to finish, I think, six and eleven. They don't have a first-round pick. Yeah. Like, there's so much internal turmoil. This is just dream come true for you. Yes, I'd love to see Russell Wilson go to another team. Uh, I'd love to see keep Pete Carroll stay with a inadequate quarterback. Uh, you know what? They should just trade DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett while they're at it, so they can try to gain more first-rounders. Um, I think it's great. Well, good news. Good news around. There we go. So with that being said, have you got anything for prognostications this week? Mine was wrong because I said Philip okay. Rivers would be on the Colts, but Big Big Ben did win. I don't remember what you said. That's yeah, true. Sure. No, I don't remember what I said either. It's probably wrong. This is our chance to go out with a bang, though. Okay. Um, the Raiders and Chargers ends in a tie. <laughs> An agreed tie or just a... Uh, just a tie. Just a tie. It, it'll end in a tie. One where you can't prove it was predetermined, but it was predetermined. Um, is it a tie in both in, or is it just a tie in general? Yes, it's tie and both get in, and they're going to agree to tie. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, mine is that the Patriots uh, end up with the number one seed in the AFC. Oh, Patriots end number one in the division? Yep. Sorry? Yeah, okay. They, they, so are they, are they number one right now over the Bills, or are Bills number one right now? Uh, no, the Titans are. The Titans. So they, they need the Bills to lose, Kansas City to lose, and Bills to lose, Kansas City to lose, and the Chiefs, and not the Chiefs to lose, the Titans to lose. 
Wow, that's a lot. Then again, that's why it's a prognostication. That's exactly it. There we go. Alrighty, so that's going to have to wrap up this episode. Of course, if you enjoyed, make sure to follow The Sleeper Wise Show on Twitter to stay updated to every news update, article update, or podcast update that happens to come your way. Other than that, Shane, do you have a closer for everybody? Uh, no, good luck for those of you still playing in the playoffs, and uh, we'll be right back here next week. If, if you have a fantasy championship or playoff on week 17, or week 18, sorry, you need to find a new league. Definitely. Definitely. There you go. Other than that, hey, good luck, everybody.